The Restore It All audience focuses on backup and recovery and knowing how to restore data after a ransomware attack or a disaster. But sometimes they're lost in the alphabet soup that is modern cybersecurity. I hope this episode will change that. We've got Des Rock, the CEO of Seamonster, a fascinating company doing SIM, SOAR, and XDR as a service. It's a tool for blue teams made by a red team. If you don't know what any of that means, this is the episode for you. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my senior HDMI consultant, Prasanna <laughs> Malianti. How's it going, Prasanna? I'm good, Curtis. I'm. I. By the way, my bill is in the mail, so or invoice is, is in right, the mail, I'll... so... Because once again, once again, you ended up having a fount of knowledge about a random technical topic <laughs> that ended up being very useful. I mean, the fact that you just were like, oh, no, I think that's the, the HDMI 1.7 spec that came out in <laughs> 2009 or whatever. Um, and you're like, and then when I, so so basically, yeah, so... I have a new Apple TV and meaning the the little box and I was trying to connect it to my 2009 plasma television and uh, it uses uh, HDMI. What's it called? HDMI HDMI CC. Yep. Yeah. To control the power off and power on and it wasn't working for me. And uh, I was just, talking to persona about that <laughs> and then once again you were like oh well if you check the setting and the such what you call it and you you saw my problem yeah and i solved your problem that apple support couldn't even solve for you yeah yeah apple support was worthless uh and this is all just a process of getting towards my new big giant tv that will at some point arrive um <laughs> Uh, I'm just I'm just waiting for that moment uh, to buy the big the big giant TV. Yeah. But um, I bought the soundbar first, so I have this old TV. And was your wife happy? My wife was so happy that she can turn the television off. You know, I mean, it was so it was such a what? burden for her to have to get up and turn on the TV <laughs> when she first starts watching television. Uh, well, and so well, and I think I think just to clarify, I think off work turning off the TV worked. It was just worked. turning on. <laughs> Which is what made it so confusing. Off worked, but on did not. And um, but now they both work, and my wife can watch television without, you know, <laughs> cursing your whatever. name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Being like Curtis, it's, why do you now, keep breaking now, things in the again, house? She will. She will give you credit for it, uh, and I will get yeah. no credit. But you know, such is life. So um, <laughs> let's move on to our guest. I found her her background fascinating. She has degrees in both business and law, and she finished her MBA while actually running the company that we're talking about today, which is uh, C-Monster, that's S-I-E-M Monster, and uh, an affordable security monitoring software solution. She's now their CEO 
And you can find her on Twitter as Dez Traction. So that's D-E-Z Traction. Uh, welcome to the pod, Des Rock. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. So, uh, you, so you've been you've been all over the globe, and you are now currently, uh, I think, just a few miles where I lived for a while. Where, where, where exactly? You're in Delaware. I am. I just give me a minute. I want to pronounce it like the locals. <laughs> no. <laughs> are you in Newark? <laughs> No, no, Newark? Newark, exactly Newark. where I am. Yeah, mm. so that's actually where I got my start in backups back in 1993. I was fresh out of the Navy. I was, I had, the Navy had sent me to Philadelphia. So my ship was in dry dock up there in Philadelphia. And um, so I got out and immediately went into uh, backups, uh, because it was like many people, it was the job I could get. No one, no one wakes up, you know, no one dreams of being a, a backup person. Hey, right? don't that, shatter people's hopes. You know, I'm just saying, Curtis, maybe hey, if you want to be a backup person, there is demand. Trust me. Uh, there's just not a line. And, but yeah, I got my start there on Christiana road. The, that was where, uh, Bank of America was. Uh, I have a I have a daughter who's now 28 who was born on Christiana Road at Christiana Hospital. So I'm feeling very close to you right now, even though you're all the way on the other side of the country. That's lovely to hear because I know you're in California. Yes, right? absolutely. The, the the complete opposite corner of the country. Um, now, clearly, based on how I'm hearing you speak, uh, you were raised in, in a different part, uh, probably a, probably a different hemisphere. I'm guessing. Do you want to take a oh, guess? I, this is Curtis' favorite Australia. thing. Yeah, it's it's not fair because I, I looked at your LinkedIn page and I knew that you went to Victoria, <laughs> uh, so uh, that's not fair. But I, I would have gotten it either way. I, I definitely okay. uh, my favorite is trying to trying to within a few phrases trying to distinguish whether or not I'm talking to a Kiwi or a or an Aussie. Um, and yeah. Aussie. So my accent is not the one that the Americans are used to. And I and I can drop it down to what you guys would most people think I'm from England when I come to the US, right? Unless unless I start talking a bit like this. <laughs> there you and go. then then they'll they'll really then it's really <laughs> exactly. Big, right? exactly. And so what's really what's really hard to fathom for most Americans, and oh I've gone there, is that Accents can differ in a country. Well, it's remarkably. They, right? they should. It shouldn't yeah. uh, surprise them. I mean, we have like twenty in this country. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, and what's more amazing to me is how much accents can vary in England. Right. Yes. This, I was this just going to tiny little out. country, mm. and you know, you have a different accent between North and South London. Right. I, I mean, it's just and, and then right. you have accents, accents vary based on class, right, on education and, mm. and all of that. Right? Exactly right. Um, so, yeah. That's but, yeah, exactly I, right. I, I enjoy trying to. But the same can be said in New York, yeah. New York. Right. I mean, a New York accent depends on how they do. You could tell literally where whereabouts they're from because of that. And that's just one area. That is true. So that, it's just uh, the inability to apply the exact same rule. <laughs> <laughs> we we um yeah we i don't know i don't know what to say america um so so but you're you're here now so uh you're you actually live in dallas the company is headquartered in delaware i'm seeing new york also where what is how does new york figure into it 
So we were in New York post uh, pre-pandemic with the headquarters and I used to be, I, I've transferred from New York. I, I used to live in New York as well. And uh, New York is where we went through Techstars in 2018 as well. So that's why, uh, that's why we have a presence or had a presence in New York. I'm about to pull out of New York and um, stick to um, Dallas. Yeah, yeah, nice. All right. Well, I've been in all those places. I love all those places. <laughs> let's Let's talk about... Um, by the way, Dallas clearly wins uh, from a barbecue perspective. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Well, it, it, you don't have to ask for their opinion. Let you know, <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Although of the th- of the three cities they win, although if I'm in if I if I get to choose my Texas cities based on barbecue, Dallas wouldn't be it. Sorry, folks. Sorry, Dallas folks. Um, a bit of a Austin barbecue fan, but anyway, I was going to say, I've had great, yeah. but I've had great barbecue in 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 Dallas. Uh, my favorite was at Terry Black's. But anyway, we we could yeah, that's exactly easily, what I've heard as well. We could easily have an entire podcast about barbecue, but we're not. We have. <laughs> yes, but, but we're, we're not. not that's not why today. we're here to talk. So, <laughs> do you see the way he's rating me in? Des? <laughs> so let let's go back to 2016 when you. You mm-hmm. got this idea to to you know start this new company. What problem did you see that you were trying to mm. solve? Well, at the time we were custodian with a K, and we were professional hackers. So we were pen testers um, working all over the world, a small elite bespoke group um, with clients all over the world. One of our Australian clients, um, Blue Scope Steel, fourth largest steel manufacturing in the world. Uh, had some issues with some ransomware. I know that's a topic that uh, you guys were, yep. yeah, want to touch on, but um, had some issues with that. And um, instead of uh, that, we would be testing them every year for their compliance, you know, for penetration testing. So they actually asked us, well, are there no tools for this? Is there no way that we can support or, you know, protect our data? And we're red team, right? right? So we said, I don't know. Let me have a look. You're like, we don't do that. We don't do protect. We, so do attack. We, we don't do that. We we know we know how to get in, and we we get in real like we know that we know how to penetrate very well, right? Um, there isn't a area, and that's one of the matters of pride. Like there isn't a customer, a location, a challenge that we have not risen to. By the way, right? So that's a badge of honor that we wear. Um, so these clients, uh, so th- they asked for software. To be blue team, right? Like yeah. protect. And um, to which we said, let's have a look. And the one name at that time that came up was Splunk. They can handle really big data and they can do this. And so we said, you wouldn't believe this because Splunk is now. <laughs> we said, let's, just, let, you know, let, we're happy to, bro- like, let's introduce you to Splunk. Right? Right. <laughs> so we did. And, and Splunk gave them a quote. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And it was at that point, to cut a story short, it was at that point that Blue Scope said to us, is there no way that we could perhaps solve this any other way? And we said, you know what, let's have a look at some open source tools, right? And so the need was affordable security for big data. Um, and that was the uh, field in which we went into. And at the time, we went with open source tools right and we patched them to you know like we basically stitched them up we made you know like put a cover on it made it easier to use made it easier to roll out and that's how sea monster started and sea monster was always we thought at the time an annex to what we already do i mean we were pen testers we're hackers 
we thought this is just this cute little project that was happening on the side, one-off. Well, our what started like a very small snowball got bigger and bigger. Uh, the Australian government, including Cyber, backed us um, to come to San Francisco to RSA, which we were now nominated product of the year back then as well. So we started to track momentum. Uh, we saw that then that's where we saw further need. Okay, so this wasn't just a one-off. There really is a need for big data to be secured down at a far more affordable price, right? Um, because we vehemently believe that uh, security should not be gate-kept by price, right? So uh, that's a fundamental. That, that's, by the way, that's harks back to the days of when we were hackers as well because we uh, participated in the DEF CON culture way back when as well. So we were always giving back to community and feeling this way, so that hasn't changed. So that is the uh, origin story of CMOS. So right just there. a quick question. I know you mentioned a couple times big data. So did you feel that in the big data space, there weren't any tools available that were simple? There weren't tools available that were affordable or all the above? If we go back to the origin story, the original uh, thing was it wasn't affordable, right? By the way, the same space was not as crowded mm -hmm. as what it is now, right? Um, so it's quite different now. And I know a lot of people are doing a lot of things. And that's, it's really great to see that we're all that, that give people are giving Splunk a run for their money. Um, but I don't know how many people are attacking the big data spaces you know there's a lot that will go mm -hmm. small medium and the other thing that a lot of um people are doing if you know this space really well is they will charge by node or by you know they, they will charge by endpoint and when you do that you are asking your security operators to pick and choose what they mm -hmm. want to cover now that's vehemently against our belief system too because if you do not put locks on all your doors then your house is not secured yeah. it's as it's as simple as that right so uh we thought well that's a design flaw again this is red hat like red team right. thinking about blue right because we know how to get in so if you leave a door open we already know that we're gonna like that's the best way to get in so if you're not covering all your endpoints then your system is not secure period end of story right there that's why we decided big data is where where we need to aim for right and it doesn't mean big data big organizations it just means any yep. data all data all encompassing hmm. so interesting so, so i heard i heard you say two things that to me sound like they conflict and they probably don't so i just need you to help me understand one was you said that you you, okay. you agree with me that you know you know you need to protect everything right if you're not protecting everything and then it sounds like you have a solution that's aimed specifically at big data. So does that mean there's other parts yep. of the organization that you're not protecting? No, what I'm trying to say is that our solution is, uh, is scalable, Okay. right? And that's part of the story of our success. We're scalable. So it doesn't matter what you throw at us. We will put a circle around your entire organization. And if you, if you grow, we grow with you. It's as simple as that. Um, and without hesitation, and no one can do the EPS that we do, like the events per second, the challenges that that requires, like we excel at that. So when we started, like what started off was helping one client, <laughs> let's face it, like helping right. one client, then started to become like, how do we, and it was always with the red, uh, red team uh, vision, mm -hmm. right? We need to protect 
everything. Clearly, right? We all agree in that. If you're not protecting everything, you're not protecting the entire organisation. So if that's the case, then how do we do that but do it really fast as well? Because you do not want to slow the network down as well. You see how they all, it's all hand in hand. And it all comes down to, again, the way we do things because of who we are, right? And so that's why big data and all-encompassing. So just pushing back on what Curtis had said, right? I think probably, Curtis, what you were confused about was probably the big data word, right? And phrase, phrase, right? I think it's really like Des, like you had said, right? You scale depending on if you're a small shop and growing or if you're a big shop, right? It's a single solution that you could use that scales as you grow versus a lot i'm guessing in this space there's a lot of people where it's like hey if you have a small solution you're probably not going to they won't use the exact same implementation because either it's too expensive to deploy like your enterprise wide and we see this in other software stacks as well right you have an enterprise wide solution which is more complex and has all the bells and whistles but uh sort of a small medium company it's too complex because they may not have the dedicated it resources to use that and then you have the opposite problem where if Correct. you have a solution for small, medium businesses, when you get to enterprise, it doesn't quite meet the scale and the security requirements and others. You have hit the nail right on the head there. So we are a solution that can be used by small, medium businesses and can scale all the way up to enterprise without a blink of an eye. Immediately, you don't have to do anything. It just does it. So that's part of the technology that we've built in. And by the way, if you're small, medium, you actually get the benefit of enterprise-grade security. So there's that too. I like it. Our audience is primarily data protection-focused folks who might mm-hmm. not actually know what a SIEM solution is. So, uh, and by the way, is, okay, is so that, SIEM, by the way, is that how it's generally pronounced? Because I've always said SIM solution. I think, um, I think it's pronounced different in different countries. And when we saw it, we, in Australia, we saw it as SIEM, right? In fact, we didn't even know what a scene was. We were like, something that held your pants up. No idea. That's where we started, right? Um, uh, it was only later, once we named the company Steam Monster, right, the way we named it, then we realised that a lot of people call it Sim. So, uh, and then we were stubborn about it and we started calling it Scene, right? Um, that's that too. Sim stands for, it's S-I-E-M, right? Uh, Security Info- Information Event Management Software. It's another way of saying monitoring software that SOX will use, for example, right? Or any security analyst will use. Uh, so it's to give you a God view of your entire organization and the events that happen in there. Now, there is a lot of things, and the definition of SIEM is a really good one because there's a lot of confusion out there. People think that a, search, a searchable database is a SIEM. It's not. So you need to add some context around to it. I know Prasanna's yeah. laughing because I think he knows, right? So right um so you a scene ought to have some enrichment into as well and that happens when um with recognition that this needs to be an event and then of course we have certain factors like SOAR capabilities and xdr capabilities which is the newest version of SOAR, let's say and so SOAR, and i'm going to give a very basic uh, analogy here is when we have a rule set apply to events that always happen. And I like to use the logging, you know, like putting in the wrong password over and over again. So when that happens or someone logs in, like you guys are a Delaware-based company and you're all in Delaware and yet somebody in a different country is starting to log in, it's flagged from, you know, a location, right? So things like that, that you would say these, as a rule set, 
this is something that I need to know about. So it needs to turn into an event to alert me for, right? So you can write rules about that. And that's called SOAR, right? That's S-O-A-R. So then the next iteration of that in the industry is called XDR. And what XDR does is a lot of automation of that. So then it not only picks out the events, it tells you what's happening. It, it actually tells you that this is something that you need to do and sometimes can shut it down as well. And I, I do have a story about that uh, when a ransomware tried to get into one of our clients, a large hospital, and the XDR component literally shut it down before anyone could do anything, or it, before it was infiltrated and saved that company. Yeah. So you threw out a couple of uh, acronyms there, and we always ask our guests to to <laughs> spell out the acronyms uh, that that they use. So what SOAR and XDR? Certainly, SOAR is Security Orchestrated Automation and Response. So. As I mentioned, it automates and responds. So it'll give you, you know, it'll actually run a script and then give you a response as an alert on your Slack email, however you like to have it. So something has been done and alerted. Certainly helps your uh, SOC team or your analyst have a better idea, you know, so they're not literally. Because what usually happens with any scene is that events come in, you need a way to prioritize them to say what is urgent, what is not. Saul will actually handle a lot of the very similar uh, events that need to be actioned for you. That's what a SOAR is. XDR or EDR is an extended detection and response. So it basically builds on that. And what that is is um, uh, the newer um, technology, which, again, involves automation in there as well. So that will not only tell you the uh, that something has happened and alert you, but can actually take action and say, right, what I have done while you're away or before you even got to your desk, I've actually shut that this shut this down, shut that person out and blocked that IP and done X, Y, Z. Okay, so, Does that make sense? So if I were to summarize these three tools, the SIM tool is the thing that notices that something bad happened. A SOAR tool will tell you that something bad Correct. happened and an XDR, EDR tool will actually respond. Uh, like it can actually do things to stop the thing from happening. Does that sound about right? So a saw will tell you, true, but a saw will actually respond okay. as well because running on script, you can build custom-made scripts as well, right? So in your organization, you only you know your organization the way you, the, you know, it's, it's, everyone's quite unique in that fashion. So what you can't have out-of-the-box rules. You definitely need your own set of rules to match your organization. That's what a saw will do. The XDR or EDR will actually action to take down commonly, for example, if it's a known attack vector coming in, right, it will actually shut down that IP and say no more from here. So that is not just saying, hey, if this happens, let me know. This is like if this happens, let me know and also shut it down before I even get there. So it's an action, right? It's, it's not before that. It was the anal analyst or analyst doing the action. Automating. This is now the program. Yeah. Actioning. Yeah. But it sounded like you said SOAR can do some actions as well. That's why I was, um, so, it, it, and it, it's, I'm just, again, yeah. help me understand, like with the, with the SOAR tool, the the main action that I think it's doing is is letting you know, right? It's sending you messages, whatever it is that you want to do. Correct. That's the okay, action. That's it's so action. just to clarify, that's the action it's okay, doing. Okay, all right. Exactly. But then if you want yeah. it to actually... Yeah shut down something or block ports or whatever, that's where a, a, an XDR, EDR tool comes in. 
Correct. That's when you start to get into that automation side of things where it's starting to think for you. It's starting to, and that's where the AI, the exciting part of, you know, the AI can come into it, starting to think for you, starting to get to know patterns. That's where, by the way, there'll be another iteration of this. So we have, if we can imagine, theme would be the core, right? Okay. The core that is protecting all of your data. Saw would sit around that. But SOAR is kind of like mm, version one, let's say, and then you've got XDR, which encompasses all of SOAR. Does that make So it does everything that SOAR does, but a little bit more. And I can imagine that as the future goes on, we will have another version of that, which will then include AI. So are these three separate tools then, or there are tools that encompass all three aspects? I'm certain that there are companies saying that they are three separate <laughs> tools, but that's not what we think. <laughs> should happen. We think security should have be able to do all of okay. that. So even though, you know, we are titled a SIEM uh, company, we actually have SOAR and XDR capabilities and quite quietly working on the next, uh, yeah. the next. So the answer, uh, and at some point, Prasanna, I'll let you speak, but I, I, this is, you're the first person I've had that's really been able to sort of lay all this out for me. Uh, so there probably are SIM tools, SOAR tools, XDR tools, individual products that I can buy. Uh, there are probably hundreds of Correct. them. Correct, yes. Uh, but there are maybe a smaller Correct. set of companies that, like yours, that can do all three functions. We'll do all of them. Okay. Correct. And even smaller that can handle the data volume that we can. Okay. All right. Yep. You you may so, now speak, Prasanna. <laughs> thank you, Curtis. Uh, so, Des, when you were talking earlier about sort of, okay, you need this automation with SOAR, right, to be able to figure out and alert you properly, right? Um, I think a lot of our listeners may not necessarily realize sort of the volume of events that may come in, right? Could you talk a little bit mm -hmm. about sort of like, what you see in some maybe like small, medium businesses, right? Where they might be like, hey, I just have an IT guy. They can just ma manually monitor, right? All these events and why some of these things may not work. Yeah. Well, first of all, let's start with what, like what is a scene? Remember I said there are some people thinking that a searchable database is a scene because it, we're collecting everything, but that's just, <laughs> for, for starters, that sounds like a nightmare because now your SOP analysis, you know, now your IT guy or your security guy literally has to look for things. Like that's, yeah. you, do you know what I'm saying? Like that's not telling, giving any ranking. That's, that's a searchable database. That's not a scene. So, um, so with a scene, with just a scene, the amount, and, Remember, everything is an incident. It doesn't yeah. know if it's a good incident or a bad incident. It's just an incident, okay? Everything is creating, everything is giving you a trigger. So we need to then assess if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Is it mm -hmm. an event, right? So, by the way, if it's an event, is it a good event? Is it a bad event? So we start ranking, right? So we start to say, okay, so when people are trying to break in, bad, super bad, right? Someone turning on the printer, yeah. it's an event, we don't need to do anything. There's no alert there. But it's still, you see, you're still being, it's an event, you're still recording it, but it's not something that needs to be actioned. These are very basic yeah. examples, but I, I like working yeah. with really basic analogies and then building out, right? So um, in that case, with their volume, you're talking about volume, even the bad ones could, out, like you could have pages and pages. Now how, like that makes it very difficult. And like small to medium businesses usually have one guy, like you're the security guy, go do it, right? 
So that's a lot of pressure for one guy. So you need to make it easier for them. So that's why, you know, alerts to uh, Slack channels, alerts to phones, or, because they can't be sitting there staring at a screen like this is not a uh, Wall Street yeah. ticker. Do you know what I mean? You cannot have that. that you just you cannot be doing that. So you need ways to put some uh, framework around, well, human flaws like mm, blinking, right? So we need uh, a system in which we can, well, first of all, rank them. And then, like I said, a seam was probably not enough because it depends on the volume of data coming in, not enough. So you would probably want some actionable items to say this usually happens and when this usually happens, I want to, if that, then yeah. this, right? Then that's basically what store is, right? So um, then I want these things to be done. Makes your IT security guy's life and, so much easier. Yeah, and, and would you that. say that that transition from just a normal SIM to SOAR, does that happen at a certain employee count, at a certain data set size count? Like, what do you, or mm. is it basically everyone should be thinking oh, about SOAR? Think, look, the way it's going is everyone should be thinking about mm. XDR way at the beginning. Everyone should, because I think that. You, right now, you do not need to run a SIM, right? To run a SOC, you need highly specialized people. And that's a cost point. You know, like small to medium organizations cannot be doing that. So, what they need is tools that will make a job easy for an IT person to say, this is something that needs to be actioned. Uh, the, the benefit of something, and I hate to, I hate shilling, but the benefit of our product is, is that you don't make that decision, it's there. It doesn't matter like if you're small, if you're large, it from the start, it's there. Yeah. I like it. It's not a choice you need yeah, to make. And I think the the worry, right, you know, there's a lot of us that have been in IT for a minute, right, <laughs> as, the, as the kids say. And um, the worry historically with automated things that are going to actually do things in my environment to help protect me is mm -hmm. that they're going to trigger too often, right? That they're going to, it's obviously it's the false positive Correct. question. And you, you know, you've decided that we're under attack. And so we shut down the network or, or whatever it is that, that we've decided that we're going Correct. to do that. How, how do people get to that level of comfort? So, well, we have professional services for that, where we actually rule out and that's the rule sets that we write to literally customize that stuff for your organization so you remove the false positives, right? Because we, you can't imagine that people are going to be able to know how to do that off the bat. Right. It's probably one to be left to the professionals, right, to set it up for you, kind of like anything, almost like buying a new um, Apple TV <laughs> and connecting it to your TV and needing a professional to come in and help you. Yeah, as as a, as a technical that... person, the fact that I needed professional assistance to set up my Apple TV is a, it was a bit insulting. Okay, here's another really important question. How does, I'm assuming that these tools and, and your tool, of course, they manifest themselves in a couple of different ways, right? Like, so in, in the, the uh, you know, I live in the, the backup software space, right? So either I buy a piece of software, I put it on an appliance, I buy an appliance or I'm buying a service, right? That, uh, by the way, I should, I, I, I just realized I haven't put out our disclaimer. So uh, Prasanna and I work for different companies. He works for Zoom. I work for Druva. And uh, this is not an official podcast. Either company and the opinions that you hear are ours. 
And also, please rate us at, uh, you know, just go to your favorite podcatcher and uh, scroll down, give us lots of stars uh, and, and, and positive comments. And if you'd like to join the conversation, I'm W. Curtis Preston at Gmail or at W.C. Preston on Twitter. So um, how about how does that manifest itself in your world? The meaning how how did how do people put these product how did put put buy these products put them in and then how does your how does your product work? Okay, so this is a very pertinent question right now because we're about to release version five and we're the only seen product out there that'll be available on AWS Marketplace where you, if you're technical enough, you can actually do it yourself with the support portal and go for it. You don't need any help. There's no implementations. You'll have it up and running within minutes. Again, unheard of, if you know about any right. of this, right? Unheard of. But we're here to break that. Again, we're here to make sure that uh, security is not gatekept, right? And that's part of it. Um, now, if that is outside of your technical scope, then we're here to help implement and, and put that in for you as well. Um, so you have two options there. When you do talk about that second case, or even the first case, right? Is it customer or you are deploying it in their infrastructure in their environment on servers is it offered as like a SaaS service that they log into especially if you have multiple sites so it's all managed centrally yeah. like what does that deployment model look like correct so it, the the unique part of our um, product is is that they all can hold tenants so again if say for example you're a uh, small business, you're growing, and now you have different uh, locations. So you have different. You can literally sit different tenants and have one panel of view, uh, and your system will grow with you. That this is what I mean about highly customizable and uh, very scalable, incredibly scalable. So you could sit different tenants inside right now off the bat through AWS, and okay. it's in the cloud, by the way. So it is a cloud performance, um, and we utilize the latest in AWS technology in order to make this happen as well. So you're, you're, you're a service, and I like that very much. Uh, I do think that that's clearly the way IT is going, and, and it makes it so much simpler for a lot of people, especially SMBs. Um, but I don't understand, so you're up in the cloud, but you need to uh, see things, right? These events that you described, mm -hmm. uh, you use that term events per second, right, EPS? So how are you able to see these things mm -hmm. that are going on inside my environment? How do we make that connection? So during the implementation stage, you'll be asked to input all of your data traffic into that to, to us. You'll actually be told to. Or you could actually even have a local agent, a virtual local agent within. And then what happens is that acts as a um, repository. So everything goes to that agent and then it becomes one funnel up to the cloud. That allows for... Um, your, your guys are in backup, right? That allows for two things as well. That means that if there's a disconnection anywhere, you've actually got local storage of events, which is really good for forensic and anything else. It's just do good due diligence, right? And so when the connection is re-established, uh, it will actually put, uh, take all of that um, events back up to the cloud. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I, I just, I was wondering, uh, and then of course I will need someone to monitor that the service, right? Um, or I can hire somebody to do it. Correct. It, it does depend on the uh, on the skill set of your staff and your organization, what type of organization it is. If you're looking for just compliance and just let me know if someone is trying to hack in, I think you're good. Like, I, I think you're good. Your IT guy can do it. If your data is incredibly sensitive 
and you need 24-7 monitoring, then you would probably outsource that, yeah. And I suppose that it comes back to the actual value of having red team create blue team security. We think mm -hmm. of every, every design element. We don't put just funnels straight up because what happens if there's a disconnect? What happens if there's a power failure? What happens if that, like even that needs a redundancy? We, that's all been thought through, right? Um, so the redundancy isn't intended to be kept there. It's, it's intended to just yeah. in case there is a disconnection, a power, internet, gotcha. whatever, right? Um, and these are all the things that have been thought through. Uh, so the system is secure. It's not just protecting you. The entire system is secure at okay. all times. It's, yeah. it's, like, it's like bank robbers that built a bank. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. It's just, you know, the other thing, the, the only thing, the other thing is, it's like, it's like, it's like having a motorcycle gang as personal protection, yeah. right? It's probably, yeah. you know, the outlaws. Yeah. That's yeah. the trying image I'm trying to get. It's like having outlaws and going, I'm, these are going to be my security guards. And you know you've got the best yeah. damn security guards yeah. on you could ever get, right? Because like ain't nobody's going to yeah. mess with you. Yeah. Because the that's exactly the exactly um, the difference. So do you, do you yeah. still do the red team stuff or, or is it, this is going so well that you're not, you're not doing that? Yeah, so we always keep a foot into the red team world. We still attend DEFCON um, in Las, Las Vegas every year. Um, and we, but unfortunately, um, the, this has overtaken everything and this has grown from what was a kind of side act to the main event, yes. I like that. that I mean, that, that's, you know, you're, you're clearly meeting a need uh, and if, if you're helping mm. SMBs to have better security, I am, I am all for it. Des, at the beginning, you had alluded to a ransomware story that you think we might be interested in hearing about. Um, maybe you want to talk about what happened? Oh, okay. So that, that's one of our clients who's a large hospital. <laughs> Most of our clients don't want to be totally there, fine. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just bear yeah, with me sense. here. And and I and I'm in the I'm in the secret keeper business, okay? So a large hospital <laughs> uh, was infiltrated um, by an incident that was basically going to be an attempted uh, ransomware, right? Malware that was attempting to lock down their system. And it was our team um, in, including the SOAR and the XDR uh, capabilities, and he and the project was called Project Skynet. It was it's just phenomenal. Like phenomenal. Once you hear this guy's story about it, I've literally got a. Um, I was so interested. I, I had him interviewed, right, and wanted uh, to get what his story out there. It's a brilliant, brilliant story of exactly this. It's ex exactly how an attempt was made, and the scene did its job. It literally did its job. It's kind of like. Are you guys fans of Harry Potter by any chance? You know, the last movie when all of the uh, statues yep. come to life and finally start protecting right. the uh, castle, right? So it's a phenomenal scene, right? Like finally they sit there and but they find that's exactly what happened. The scene came to life and, and killed the ransomware, identified it, knew what it was, shut it down before it could infiltrate. This was then passed along to management to say this is it. because it's one thing to say, damn it, we've been hacked or damn it, we've got ransomware to right. deal with, right? That's panic mode. But to hear, listen, they tried it, but they didn't get anywhere because this was, we stopped, you know, this was stopped. It's, you could, that's a different yeah. emotional journey. You're not sure if it's like, did it happen? Did it not happen? What happened? You know, like, are we, like, you know, 
Um, and so great story for that. So that's exactly a, a story that's happened that because ransomware, and here's the other thing I've got to tell you, right? Just lean in, <laughs> boys. Every company that's been hacked, <laughs> every company that's had ransomware attacks, all of these guys have got security software mm. too, right? Yeah. Just think about that. Yeah. And, and every one of them that were unable to restore their data had backup software, right? <laughs> um, and yet, and yet. It, because yeah. you know what they say? What do they say? You know what they say? Somebody gets fired from, from buying well a Gartner Quadrant yep. product, right? <laughs> exactly well known, which means security people, and I'm guessing backup people are too, are not doing their research on the technology and the advancements. They're just doing what everyone else mm. is doing. They go to Google, what is the best thing? What is the best backup product, whatever, and going with that. Not necessarily the best. So the companies out there that are being hacked, that are getting ran ransomware softwares, I guarantee you they've got really, really well-known security software in place and they're doing a phenomenal job aren't they phenomenal absolutely brilliant i, I, sent, I sense a tad bit of sarcasm there <laughs> <laughs> well des you've been you've been fascinating you've been entertaining uh and and very educational uh i do not know as much about this space as as i should and and i i think i think i'm you know i'm I'm not alone in that. So, you know, you really helped us understand what that market does. I, I love this idea of a product that is, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, the fact that your product sort of starts with affordable as you know, your leading thing. Uh, I, you know, I love the, the idea that you said, that, you know, you're, you're the customer that started this. They said they, they wanted Splunk and then they got a quote and they're like, ah, right. They had uh, <laughs> sticker shock. And, and I do think that that, that problem cost, right, is a barrier for a lot of areas of technology. And I really agree with you that it should not, you shouldn't have to be rich uh, to, to have decent security, right? Um, and so I, I'm, I'm glad your company's there. I'm glad you're doing well. Uh, I wish upon you that you will have no time left for red team business. Um, <laughs> And uh, so th thanks a lot for coming on the pod. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. And Des, just uh, one question. If uh, our listeners wanted to find out more information about Sea Monster, where can they go? Mm. Can they, like, is there a website they can hit? Like, what should they do? Sea Monster, spelled S-I-E-M-O-N-S-T-E-R.com. Um, that's our home. And um, yeah, that's where you can find out more about the product and um, get in contact with us. I like it. I, I wonder if, because of the way we pronounce it in the US, I wonder if people call your company Simonster and they don't understand. <laughs> All <laughs> really? the time. They don't understand the, the joke. Because remember, when we first started, we were like, we we heard it as sea monster. Right. We were like, ha ha, yeah. the monster from the clever? blue lagoon. You know, like yeah. you know. So that's <laughs> aren't we clever? Pun, right? Um, and we even had our servers had different names. We had different code names. We had all had monster <laughs> names. Uh, we had the Kraken. We had Poseidon. Poseidon. We had we had so much fun coming up with all of that at the start. You know, when we were just re really start. You know, starting. Um, yeah, so the sea monster stuck. We had to get rid of uh, our code names. 
but we still have them on Slack and they're going to be private and they're going to be ours. Damn it, I'm not getting rid of that. <laughs> so awesome. keep that character. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Persona, thanks. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks, you know, great conversation. As always, and thank you. <laughs> All right, and uh, thank again to our listeners. Remember to subscribe so that you can restore it all. It'll be completely done Maybe someday